Welcome back to another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. I have something extra special for you today because today I am doing my very first guest interview. I'm super excited to share this with you. And the girl that I asked to be my guest on the show today is somebody that I actually met here in El Salvador. And to be honest, actually, Corey met her because if you know anything about my husband, you know that he's a social butterfly, but he introduced us. And she first became a client and then became a friend. And as I got to know her, I really got to understand more about her story. And I found it to be incredibly inspiring because in her early 20s, Alyssa faced a health scare that really helped her vow to committing to live her life, to truly living her life. And from what I've seen, she is doing exactly that. In the last two years alone, she moved abroad solo twice. She's learning to surf and skateboard, and she recently got her financial shit together so that she could calmly rebound from a layoff that she was afraid would happen and ultimately did. She currently lives here in El Salvador where she surfs, skates, and explores her creativity through art and music, and I'm so excited to bring her on the show today so you can hear her story. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar, and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. Just real quick before we get started, I have something that you are going to love. It's a free resource on budgeting, and I realize that budgeting may not feel like the sexiest topic, but across the board, it is the number one way to get started in truly taking control and mastering your money. And once you start incorporating into your life, it is honestly a lot of fun. So grab my free resource at jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. It'll make your life a whole lot easier. Again, that's jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. All right. So, Alyssa, thank you for being here. I honestly am so excited. And you know what? Before we even do this, <laughs> let me just, like, get this awkwardness out of, like, yeah. I feel awkward, too. So, I really am excited to have you here. I'm excited you're my first guest. Like, we have become good friends here in El Salvador, and I'm so happy to have you on the show. And so, I know I've sent you some questions in advance, so we're just going to start from the top. So maybe you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to the last couple of years. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited too. Um, the last couple of years have been a complete whirlwind and my life has brought me to this place, El Salvador, and it's like Disney World to me and I never expected to be here, but basically I was living kind of like the normal quote-unquote life in the suburbs in North Carolina. I'd been in a a long-term relationship for five years. I was working in the pharmaceutical industry and 
I just, I started dealing with like a lot of health issues and, and stress and I was 25 years old and just already tired of the rat race and knew I wanted a lot more. So I went on my first ever solo trip for my 25th birthday, um, so two years ago, to San Diego. And that's where I I stood up on a surfboard for the first time and was like, this is my personality now. So I decided I was going to move to San Diego. A couple months later, I had plans to do that. And then I got this crazy opportunity to go do hair modeling in Italy. And so a couple weeks before I was planning on going to San Diego, I canceled that and decided, you know, I'm not going to work right now. And I'm going to take some time off to kind of heal from some of the health issues I've been dealing with the last few years. And and I had a good amount of money saved. So I I just booked a one-way flight to Italy and I, I left that relationship and just started this whole adventure. And so in a way, it was like a very easy decision because I feel like I was so fed up with just how things were going and so bored, but also like I think I was also at a point where I was like, I have nothing to really lose. And so I got there and I I landed with all my stuff, like four huge pieces of luggage and just had never, you know, I'd, I'd been to San Diego by myself, but I'd never, I'd been out of the country once to Italy a few years before and just figured it out. I made pretty much no plan. I just knew I was going to this town called Cortona and that I had an apartment waiting for me from this hairstylist. I hadn't seen it. I, you know, he just was like, I have an apartment waiting for you. You can babysit for me and we're going to do hair modeling. And I was like, cool. And a week later I was there. (laughs) So even just like landing and like taking like four different trains to get to this town in the middle of Italy was crazy. But a lot more happened in the five months I was there, but it was a huge confidence boost as challenging as it was because I was like, wow, like I really did that like on my own and I felt so capable of myself for the first time. So then I had this like elated confidence and like I feel like a big ego boost when I got back from that experience, even though things didn't go like you know, no solo travel or travel in general, moving to a different country ever goes perfectly. But I feel like I learned a lot. And then I wanted to move to San Diego again. And then I set up an apartment and I got a job. So when I got back from Italy, I had, I had $500 left to my name. And I just... I had met a few people while I was traveling that were being that were digital nomads and I'd never really heard of the concept before but it really inspired me so I I came home and I just kind of set my intention I was like I'm gonna get a remote job in tech and I'm gonna move to San Diego and surf and that was like my two things and I I really wasn't worried I just had like a deep sense of faith that it was gonna work out and I was sitting in my parents house with $500 and I started coaching gymnastics for a bit and started applying for jobs and it just so happened like I got the first job I applied for it was a fully remote company and set up a sublet in San Diego and had a flight there and then about three days before my flight the girl that I was going to be subletting from decided to rent the apartment out to someone else and I was like 
dang, like San Diego just really isn't meant to be. And that same day, I was just scrolling on Facebook. I'm part of this group on Facebook called Girls Who Can't Surf Good. And a girl posted saying that she was going to El Salvador for a few days next week. And does anyone want to go? And I was like, well, <laughs> not going to San Diego anymore. And I don't know. I just, something in me just told me to do it. Like I'd never, I hadn't planned on coming to like Central or South America. It never crossed my mind. It was so random, but I was like, you know, it's like, it's my, it was my birthday. And I was like bummed about not going to San Diego. And I was like, you know what? I should do this. Like it was really cheap flights. I think I paid like $75 for my flight. Two other girls had responded to the post. So one of them was in Charleston, South Carolina. The other two were in Florida and I was in North Carolina. So I drove to meet one of the girls in Charleston and then me and her drove together the rest of the way to Florida. We were up all night. Like we had driven all day, got on a, got to the airport at like 4 a.m. and flew here and it was just three days. But that trip just, it just immediately felt, I felt very connected to this place and the surfing didn't go so good. There's a reason I'm in the girls who can't surf good group, but it made me really determined to want to come back and improve my surfing here. So I started that job that I got a couple weeks after that trip. And since it was fully remote, I decided to just kind of keep coming back. So I came back again. And then on that trip, I ended up finding a place long-term to stay the month of October and November, and I just kept coming back. Like, I don't know, something about this place just really feels like home. So here I am. That's awesome. <laughs> the chihuahua is hacking in the background. But that's amazing. And it's so cool because, like I said at the beginning of this, I know parts of your story, but I haven't really heard the full extent of it. I mean, I knew you went to Italy to do the hair modeling and you had mentioned San Diego a couple of times. Obviously, I know you came to El Salvador in the end, but what I hadn't heard are all the details, especially like what stood out to me is like how quickly a lot of the decisions yeah. were that you made. And I think that's really cool because I'm somebody who I tend to probably overthink my decisions and I don't trust my gut. Like to mm -hmm. me, it sounds like you had a gut feeling and you were yeah. kind of like trusting your gut, which is really, really cool. Cause that's something else I wanted to talk to you about is you've moved abroad solo twice and it sounds like you did it pretty quickly. Yeah. So I wanted to understand like what that emotional journey was like for you. It sounds like it was almost like a gut instinct. Would yeah, that be accurate? Like I think maybe you could tell, talk more about like that and how. Yeah. The first time, um, was definitely like a shock to everyone, like even myself. It was something, so I'd, I'd gone to Italy a few years before for a family wedding. I'm half Italian. And the hairstylist for that wedding like fell in love with my hair. And this was like right after I graduated college in 2018. And he, he kind of mentioned a few times like, come back and model for me, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't take it seriously at first. I was very much like, I want to go back and like, work my job that I just got my degree in. I, I got my degree in exercise science and was working as a physical therapy assistant at the time. And then, you know, we had stayed in contact on Instagram, but nothing serious. And then one day I was like sitting in my cubicle at work and I just, something just told me to like reach out to him and just like check on him and like see how him and his family are doing. And his response was, when are you coming back to Italy? Like, are you going to come model for me? And I was just kind of like, I'd already put in my two weeks at the job and 
the plan was San Diego, but then I was like, you know what? Like this person saying like I have a an apartment and a job and stuff set up for me and I was like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity like I have to do it and I started telling everyone I was moving to Italy before I even like bought a flight or like had any details but then since I told everyone I was like well now I have to do it so it didn't really feel real until I was like just doing it because it didn't feel like I was telling people I'm like I'm moving to Italy and I'm gonna be a hair model but like it didn't register until I like booked the flight and then was like going to the airport and I was like, am I actually doing this? Like, this is insane. And I, I had like, to me, I had so much money. I had $10,000 saved and I don't know. I didn't, I like, I got there and my rent was like $400 or something. And I was like, wow, like I can just like live forever. And like, um, I didn't check my bank account like the whole time I was there and just like did whatever I wanted and it was amazing and it was like freeing but it was also like very emotionally challenging. I mean I just gotten like I left like a five-year relationship and then was like in this country like didn't know anyone. I was in a town with 400 people. There ended up being like so much drama like just small town you know I was like the new shiny American in town and it was the middle of winter I got there right before Thanksgiving so like not the best time to go to the mountains in Italy in a small town but a unique experience nonetheless so but yeah it's like I just kind of started telling people I was doing it and then I was like I guess I have to do it (laughs) that's what I was gonna pick up on out of everything you just said is like I've I've read and experience something similar where if you feel like there's a hard decision to make and you kind of like you have a little bit of the gut feeling of okay this is what I think I need to do if you start saying it before you even made the Mm -hmm. decision it's not only a sense of accountability because you're telling other people but also you're almost like affirming it to yourself Mm -hmm. so it sounds like that's kind of what you did which is really really cool what was it like then Italy sounds almost like the more emotionally challenging one because it was like your first time it sounds like you were leaving Mm -hmm. a relationship and having some health stuff going on but I'm curious what it was like then when you came to El Salvador was it similar was it sort of like okay well I did this once and now I know what I'm doing what was El Salvador was way different again it was super unplanned so it was like really random but I knew I was coming to a small town so I already kind of knew like okay I'm going to another small town in a foreign country I know how to conduct myself mm-hmm. there um and I I did come with a group of people the first time so that was another way to like ease into it the girl one of the girls I came with had been here before um I think I was a little like traumatized to step back into like traveling again completely on my own so I'm really grateful that I did come with a few people just to like you know it was three days it was super quick and then I felt really comfortable to come back again by myself but yeah it was a it was a very different mindset because I was just kind of like you know been there done that you know my family was really scared and I had some fear too coming into it because El Salvador just sounds sketchy and I'm really glad I pushed through that because I really battled for a few days when I started considering coming on this trip. I was like, am I really going to do this? I was really nervous about like it being dangerous or like the people and I'd I'd never been to Central or South America and 
that was the only part I was like really nervous about. It wasn't the travel or the surfing or any of like where I was staying. It was, is this a safe place to come? And then as soon as I got here, that, that went away. So yeah, I mean, there, I felt less safe in Italy sometimes. Like I got robbed yeah. in Italy like wow. twice and I never got, I've never been robbed here or even felt like I was going to get robbed. Wow. So, that's crazy. So it's interesting. I mean, we had the same experience coming to El Salvador the first time. I think I told you we landed at night and we were like so scared driving from the airport to our hotel. But I feel the same way. Like, honestly, in some places in the U.S., when I'm home, I feel more unsafe than I do here. And we've also been, we haven't been formally robbed in Europe, but in Barcelona, there was a boy who ran up to Corey when we were biking and like tried to grab yeah. his watch off of his arm. Oh, so that's similar experience. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry that that happened. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be in a place where, you know, we can both feel safe, which is an interesting learning. Because like you said, and like we've both experienced, when you think of El Salvador, you Google El Salvador, you're going to get all this horrifying, scary stuff. So yeah. it's really, really cool that you were able to to push through that. And you touched a little bit on the finances. And I want to talk a bit more about that just mm-hmm. because, you know, of course, I'm interested in that. But also, I think a lot of people struggle to do things they really want or live, you know, live their dreams mm-hmm. for fear of money, right? So maybe you can talk a little bit more. You, you touched on this with Italy, but mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about the decision to move abroad. What was that like for you financially in both of the d- different perspectives? How did you plan for that? What are the different steps you took? And how did you work out? If there was any financial fear, how did you work through that and rationalize, like, I can do this. This is going to be fine. Yeah. So with Italy, there was no plan. Luckily, I've always been really mindful of, like, saving money. And I've never been, like, a frivolous, like, big spender. So I think that's, like, the biggest thing that set me up well is, like, that's just an intrinsic habit I have with money is I I save most of my money and I don't buy unnecessary stuff but I also didn't live in a way where I was felt like I was like not buying everything I needed or wanted but I think just like the way I grew up and thought about money allowed me to set myself up without really being aware because obviously I wasn't like planning on quitting my job and moving out of the country. So when I went to look at my finances and I was like, I have $10,000. Also people my age and no one really talks about money. So I I didn't have a scale of, is this a lot of money or is this like, I didn't know if this was like a normal amount or like if I was doing well or what, but I I knew my rent was going to be like $400 and just doing like the quick math on that. I was like, I'm fine for a while. Like it, it wasn't like anything I was anxious about. I was just like, cool. I have $10,000 to go. I had no idea how long I was going to be there. Like I was, I was really nervous before I went. I was like, even if I just go for a month and come back or three months, like a study abroad, there was no plan on how long I was going to be there. I just, I knew I needed to go see what the opportunity was. So I was like, worst comes to worst. I buy a flight home in a month and I tried it and I just go back to my parents' house. And I'm really lucky in that sense as well. Like I can always go home and I know a lot of people don't have that option, but I know worst comes to worst. I have $0 in the bank. I have a roof over my head and I have food. 
And that's a huge blessing and like comfort. If every single thing goes wrong, my basics are met. So like, I think just also having that security is made me not be so, so anxious about it. But again, like in the Italy mind frame time, I was not even really thinking about it. Again, I didn't even like check my bank account the whole time I was there. I had no Wi-Fi the whole time I was there. My phone did not work. I had no data, no SIM card. I tried work. So I was like very disconnected, which in a way is what I wanted. Because when I was in the States before I went, I was like, just want everyone to leave me alone and I just need to get away. And then I got to this place like in the middle of the mountains in Tuscany and like had my my phone literally did not work. I would have to go to a coffee shop, connect to the shitty Wi-Fi, and then I could maybe make like one phone call a day. But like if I was inside, which it was winter, so I was inside my apartment alone a lot, nothing. I just read like a lot of books and listened, like would download some podcasts on Spotify and that's it. So that's the other reason I think I saved so much money is I really wasn't like out exploring as much as I thought I would have been the first few months because I think I got there and I just chilled for like a few months and I would go to the salon and do that work. But it took me a few months to like adjust to just being there and being alone before I started going out and really doing things. So that saved me a lot of money too. This time coming to El Salvador, I came here working a fully remote job with a good salary and having money coming in all the time and that was a year ago and about a month ago I got let go from that job and that did cause like some my mind was in the place of like thinking about my finances a lot more this time around because when I got back from Italy I think I mentioned already I had $500 finance so I went from $10,000 to $500 and when I got home and like looked at that reality hit and I was like okay like I need to I need to do something and I got like a little part-time job but I was just living at home and my parents didn't charge me rent which was amazing and it worked out that I was able to just like immediately get a job and start getting money coming in regularly again but I knew going into this last job for the last year I knew even going into it corporate was not going to be for me and I think now looking back, the job has served its purpose of getting me to El Salvador and allowing me to live this lifestyle that I know I want. And so again, I went right back into saving mode and was pretty much putting all my money away. So and other than like flights and I mean, I was staying in hostels or like really cheap places my first until December when I got my apartment now, I pretty much it's just a habit. Like I either go with like the cheapest or like middle of the road option. I don't stay in like hotels really. I do hostels and book cheaper flights and stuff. So unless it's like necessary spending or food and stuff, like I'm not, I, I didn't like just start spending a lot of money. So I was able to build up my savings a lot more the last year. And even though I've been like traveling back and forth to the States a lot, it wasn't like a huge impact because cost of living here is a lot less. And so being more mindful of it this time around, knowing that like I didn't want to be at this job forever because I kind of knew like in the first week that it wasn't really working out and I was really just trying to make it a year so I could save up and about six months into it is when I met you and I knew I needed to start planning 
to either quit the job or get fired because they, I could tell that there was some tension and they weren't happy with me traveling so much. So that was such a relief when I did end up getting let go. Like I was so grateful for the time I spent getting my money organized with you because I was just like, if I had to have done that in the month right after getting let go, I feel like there would have been so much panic because of how like the banking system is so antiquated and like the stuff we dealt with, with just trying to like fund my HISA, like knowing that I already had that money set aside specifically for this situation. And we had like done the math on like my living expenses here. I was just like, like, I'm fine. Like this isn't like a perfect situation, but I planned for it. And that was like the biggest weight off my shoulders. So I'm really grateful for that because it's hard to do alone. It's like, you know, you need to do it and you know, you need to like get organized, but having someone to hold your hand through it is like, that was just the biggest deal for me. So it seems very like serendipitous how all of this worked out because I think I was just hanging out in Palmarcito one day and me and Corey talked and I was like, I just need help organizing my money. And he was like, well, my wife does that. And I, it just, it was so perfect. So, cause I knew, I knew like I hated that job and I, I was either going to quit or get fired and it just, it was perfect how it worked out. So thank so you. Awesome. You're so welcome. And it, it means a lot to hear that. And I'm glad you were willing to share that story because I think, and we've talked about this, but it's not actually in the end about the money at all. It's not about how much money you're making, what you have, this or that. To, like, at least for me, and I know it is the same for you, it's about peace of mind mm-hmm. and being prepared for situations that aren't expected or aren't ideal. And I just... I've, I haven't been let go from a job, but that was always sort of my, my, a, a personal fear that I had was being let go for whatever reason. But I knew that because I had an emergency fund saved in a HISA, and in case you don't know what a HISA is, it's a high yield savings account. It gives you a higher return than like your bank account would. And so that's where Alyssa has her emergency fund. But knowing that you have an emergency fund to deal with situations like this and knowing, I mean, you literally know how many months you can afford Mm -hmm. to survive. It was kind of similar to what you had in in Italy, but I know like you and I went a lot more into the weeds with it, but it's really cool. Not that I like, I'm glad you got lucky, but it's actually really, okay, okay. (laughs) I guess I am too. I am too, because I know that that job wasn't for you, but it's just, it's, it's kind of neat in a way to see it in real life. Yeah. You know, like this is exactly what that's for. And it was so cool. I know you sent me a text a few weeks ago that meant a lot. And you said much of what you said here. And it's so cool to hear that a situation that so many of us are really afraid of could be a relief for you rather than something that's just panic. Something a friend told me that it made something just click and I loved it is I was at a work conference in February and I was like crying in the hotel because I was just like so miserable and I was like, I can't do this. And my friend, um, I think I was already working with you at the time or it was shortly before, but she was like, Alyssa, is this the dream? And I was like, well, no. And she's like, then don't worry about it. Like, you know that this job isn't for you and all you can do from there is and just prepare for whatever your dream is. And I knew... I wanted to be in El Salvador and I wanted to be surfing and I I loved 
loved it here. And I'm like, that's the dream. So I need to prepare and like do what I can for that. This job is not the dream. And so like whenever I'm in a situation, because I felt very conflicted in that moment of like, do I quit? Like, what do I like? I just had no idea what to do. Cause it's not, I didn't want to like quit the job with no plan, but it was also just like sucking the life out of me. So I'm like, now I just ask myself when, I, when I'm stressed about things or feel like I have a big decision, I'm like, is this the dream? And then I make the decision that that is the dream. Or if it's not the dream and I still have to tolerate it a little longer, I know it's not going to be forever. Yeah. So, and I think with money too, like a lot of people don't agree with this, but like I'm under the impression like I can always make the money back, but time and like happiness is much more valuable so and I know it's a very like privileged place to come from but again like it doesn't matter like exactly how much you're making if you can have that mindset and then just be prepared to be able to choose yourself and your dream over a corporate job or like being part of this rat race in the states that people think they have to be part of like you really don't have to there's so many other options and I think that's really important. I love, you've told me that before and I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. The The whole concept of, is this the dream? Because I think to your point, and I didn't for years, I think we, none of us stopped to even ask, is this what I want to do? You know, I was in corporate for 10 years and I, I, I didn't ask that until the very end. And it was when I was so miserable that I finally was like, I have to plan for something else. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that you have a friend in your life who would ask you that. And that's, almost like a mantra now that you can use and ask yourself. I think I'm probably going to adopt it as well. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, as for the corporate job, I think it, I think it served you. It served its purpose. It was a stepping stone for you. I think, you know, people who are listening to this episode might be in jobs that are stepping stones for them. But I think what's important about what you just said is to know if it's a forever thing or if it's just a stepping stone on your way to getting somewhere else. And another thing you said earlier that I wanted to bring up is thinking about the worst case scenario. That's something that I've learned how to do as well is whenever I'm freaking out, I've taught myself to kind of pause and say, what is the worst thing that could happen? And usually for me, and again, it is, it does come from a place of privilege, but for me and for Corey, if every, if we lost everything, we can go live with our parents. Yeah. And that's the worst case scenario. And again, I know that's not the case for everyone, but I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, that's probably their situation. Mm -hmm. So it helps to think about that. Yeah. If your worst case scenario is worse than that, you know, and that's the reality that you have to deal with, then it's still good to ask the question because it's good to acknowledge the reality because I think then it helps you figure out what you need to do, Mm -hmm. but it helps also squash the fear. A lot of the times, if you can just know head on, like this is my worst case scenario. And these are the things that I can do to either avoid that or plan for that. Yeah. I I love that. I really love that quote. Is this the dream? And then also thinking about like, if this doesn't work out, like I want to try the scary thing. And if it doesn't work out, here's the worst possible scenario for me. Mm-hmm. Cause many times it's not as bad as we might think. Cool. All right. Well, I'm so glad you brought up being let go. Cause like I said, that was a big fear of mine. I'm sure that's a big fear for other people listening as well. I'm glad that it's going so well for you. I know we just talked earlier about your new schedule of surfing and skating. Yeah. I know you're doing some work for a surf company <laughs> here, which I love. Yeah. You're, I mean, you were living 
your dream, which is so cool. So the last question I have for you really is kind of what's next for you, you know, financially, work-wise, life-wise. I know luckily you have your emergency fund, so you don't have to be in a rush, which is like such a beautiful thing. But what is next for you? And then what advice would you leave listeners who struggle to find the courage to take risks, Mm -hmm. maybe that they know deep down that they should? So for what's next, who the hell knows? Um, (laughs) I feel like my life is so random sometimes. But again, like this definitely feels like home. And I don't even like thinking about leaving. Like whenever I have to leave, I get really anxious. So right now the plan is to stay here. Like I'm still very focused on surfing and that's going to be, you know, I had this idea in my mind of one year of surf progress and how amazing it was going to be. And it's, it's taking a lot longer than I expected, but it's been the biggest, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the most rewarding. And I know like, it's so much deeper than just like the athletic side of it for me and like building this relationship with the ocean and like working through like, you know, you you have to like really drop your ego and like surrender to the ocean. And I think that's my biggest lesson with surfing and it's just going to take as long as it's going to take. And so that's a huge focus for me. I've started skating a little bit now too because it's big wave season right now so I can't always be out in the ocean but I really like to skate and that helps with the surfing I started doing some part-time marketing work for a surf company that I actually met the owners on my second trip to El Salvador and that felt very like aligned like we had stayed in contact I told him I lost my job and he was like well great like I really need some help with marketing so I that was just like a very easy transition and it keeps some cash coming in and that eases my mind a bit more too and yeah I'm just yeah I really am like living the dream like I'm I'm surfing I'm skating I I live in a beautiful place at the beach and I'm still doing like some work and really just like able to focus on what I really want and I know what I want is not to work a corporate job so I'm I feel like also like the blessing with kind of like knowing how much you want something is like when you're up against a wall a bit like it's gonna force you to make it happen for yourself because yeah like worst case scenario I go home and like my basic needs are met and all of that, but I want to maintain the life I have here. So I know I'm going to figure out how to do that in a way that works for me. And so that's really exciting. Um, I've been able to explore a lot of, a lot more of, of like my creative side here. So I think there's some things to come with that, with like content and art and yeah. So I'm really excited for that. And then advice I would leave is just I'm going to go back to the question, like, is this the dream? And I think even though things are scary and uncomfortable, for me, it's like, would I rather be uncomfortable working a job that I don't like, like working for someone else where the work seems kind of pointless or go after what I really, really, really want? And it's like, either way, there's going to be some discomfort, but I feel like Especially, I think, just coming from the background of, like, 
I dealt with so many health problems and like almost died and was just like completely miserable for like five years from the age of it was my 21st birthday that I got really sick and then I was sick until I was 25 and I think going through that at that age I felt like I missed out on a lot of my early 20s and so I think that has changed my mindset a lot as well where I'm like I have the ability to surf and I have the ability to be physically active and be healthy and I want to take advantage of that for as long as I can so like I am not going to sit at like a job that I hate and be miserable when I've already been miserable for like five years. I'm just not. So I think coming from that place as well as like while you're young and you have the opportunities to do stuff like this, like it's, it's like a dishonor to yourself to not fulfill that. So I always go back to that as well. I'm like, I was miserable long enough. Like, even if I run out of all my money, like, I'm going to have fun and I'm going to use my body and and live my life. And I know I'm going to make it work because that's who I am. So, yeah, I would just say, like, ask yourself, is this the dream? And then try to make the decision that honors that. I love that. That's so cool. I, I love that so much. And I think something that comes up for me is, you know, as Americans, there's this whole narrative about if you work hard enough and long enough, one day you get to retire and then you get to live the dream. But the reality is you don't have to wait until you're 60 years old. And who knows if you may, I mean, we could die today walking across the street. You know, you never know what could happen. You don't know what your life situation is going to be at that point, but you know, what you know how you are today, you know, you have today and it's really cool when you realize that and you realize you don't have to wait mm-hmm. to do cool stuff. Yeah. So I love that. That's awesome. Amazing. Well, I'm so happy that you joined me. I'm so happy just that we're friends and that yeah. we were able to work together and that I get to see you here in El Salvador and watch you live like this beautiful dream. Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to kind of follow along with your journey and keep up with what you're doing where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me on Instagram. It's Alyssa McKenzie and TikTok as well. Maybe you can like put it in the description or something. But yeah, I'm just living the dream. Yeah, living the dream in El Salvador. And thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. Yes, I'll put your contact information in the show notes. And thanks again. Thank you. Talk to you soon. So there you have it. Now you know my friend Alyssa Dotson. If you want to keep up with her story, I will link to her information in the show notes at jessicatolar.com slash 024. So be sure to go check it out. And if you're interested in getting the budget template that I used with Alyssa that really helped her organize her finances, understand what she needed for her emergency fund, and really get organized and ahead of what ultimately became, in her situation, a layoff check that out. I will also put that in the show notes for you. It's the budget template I've been using for over 10 years now. I swear by it. It's my favorite financial tool. And I have a PDF version and a spreadsheet version available for you. All the information is in the download, jessicatola.com slash 024. I hope you loved today's episode as much as I enjoyed creating it with Alyssa. And until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. 
If you want more, head over to jessicatoller.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you would, share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.